Okay, Today's daf is daf kuf one hundred. Very short daf. A lot of diktosusim. So we're behind. God willing, we shall catch up um, today. So we pick up on tzadikah with bet, and we are um, we are uh, Amar Shmuel. It is four lines before the lines get begin to get wide. Okay. First word on the line, line is uman. Um, actually, five lines from the bottom before the beginning of Shmuel. So five lines before the lines get wide on tzadikah with bet. Amar Shmuel, Tabach Uman, you have an expert butcher, Shaquille Kel, and he, he, he made a mistake. Here we're dealing with sort of essentially um, malpractice, you know, can Shrita, Shrita, yeah, he ruined your $2,000 animal, okay, he shechted and he slipped. It wasn't a trefa, he slipped. He has to pay. Now, if you, now we are finally getting back to the Mishnah. Because you remember the Mishnah said, you gave Umnin uh, something to fix and they ruined it. You know, or a builder something to fix and he ruined it. He has to pay. So the question is, so we had a whole discussion about whether he owns the improvement before he's given it to you. And does he have to pay for the base or does he have to pay even for what he improved? Okay, but now we're turning to the real focus of the Mishnah. And the question, the key question the Mishnah never addressed, just that, oh, you know, if a craftsman ruins it he has to pay well was he negligent or not negligent how do you assess negligence right so now we're going to finally start to deal with that so he says of an expert now the reason he emphasizes expert which is not clear in the Mishnah although you might imagine that anybody who's doing this trade and anybody who's putting their hand on a $10,000 animal knows what they're doing but the more it's emphasized that this person is an expert then the more you, you should assume that anything that happens is like a freak event right I mean nobody is perfect Perfect, right? So, but if you have somebody who's a real, you know, has a lot of experience, a real expert or whatever, there should be a general presumption that he wasn't negligent, you know? Doesn't mean that there, there aren't, there's not a slip, but that could happen without negligence. But he says, no, oh, so let's take a look. So he says, uh, um, he is, he's chayev. I don't care that he's an uman, okay? That he's a expert, okay? Maziku posheahu. He's a mazik. He was negligent. Can't say it was an accident. It was an act of God, um, okay? And You can't say, oh, I was just doing what the Balabais asked. No, he asked you to do it correctly. It's as if he said, Shech you know, yes, if he asked you to shecht from the from the neck and you shecht it from the back of the neck. Okay, just because you were under the instruction of the Balabayas doesn't mean that when you make a mistake you're doing his bidding. Okay, so you're negligent, you have to pay. Okay, so the key point though here is there's two questions that we're going to be dealing with. Question number one is what is required to make somebody liable to pay? Do you need negligence or do we say like an Adamamazik, why do you need negligence? You destroyed my object. You know, before we said that even if you're an honest you have to pay. So one is what's, what, what, what is needed. Is negligence needed? The other is assessing whether it was present or not. So Shmuel here says both. You need negligence and we should assume that when there was a trip up that it was due to negligence even if the guy's an expert. Alright, so that's Shmuel's statement. So now the Gemara says Why does he have to say he's a mazik he's a posheya? Just say he's a mazik. Now, if he just say he's a mazik how do I mean a Maybe that means that it's not gross negligence. Maybe that's only if you pay him. Meaning, the more that he's an expert, right, the more that 
you should assume that a mistake that happens is not due to negligence. That's on the one hand. On the other hand, the more that you pay him, the more it heightens his degree of responsibility. It doesn't make him any more expert. It makes him more responsible. It should lower the threshold of what you need in order to be liable. Okay, you're being paid that creates an added responsibility. Um, now, one way of framing this is, I give you my object and I'm paying you, you're a shomer sachar. But it doesn't seem like we're being, being the guy paid because as a shomer, right? As a, as, as a, as a guardian that, you know, he's high because he's a mazik. But nevertheless, the degree of care he has to demonstrate while dealing with the animal, dealing with the object you gave him, the more you pay him, the higher degree of responsibility. So if he had just said he's a mazik, I might have said, well, okay, he's not negligent, but, he's a, but if he's being paid, he has a higher degree of responsibility. Okay, I would have said, if he's doing it with a fee, then maybe, you know, he's maybe not an honest, but he's not a poshea, maybe he's somewhere in the middle, and if you're paying him, then he's liable. If he's doing it for free, so he, um, no, I would say in that case, he doesn't have heightened responsibility, and he only would be high if he's negligent, and maybe I should assume he's not negligent, he is an expert after all. No, I'm sorry, I consider that, Shmuel says, I consider any trip up, any mistake, to be negligent. Now, one does wonder, is it negligent because genuinely, like, as the act I was doing this, I was somehow distracted or being sloppy? Or is somehow the negligence part of the fact that I am, you know, because I'm in the trade and because I am agreeing to do the job, you know, sort of what defines negligence and the degree of, like, of care that I have to demonstrate, you know, just makes even smaller things, you know, within that context considered negligent. Like, you know, I mean, if you've got a doctor who's doing surgery and doing an operation, right? I mean, what it would require for me to be negligent to try to do a surgery would be to pick up a scalpel. Okay? <laughs> but what would it require for a doctor, even a tiny thing, I said two cc's and I meant point two cc's, well, excuse me, that's like gross negligence for somebody who is a professional doctor, right? So the definition of negligence, the same way the threshold can, you know, change if I'm paying him, the threshold can change if you're an expert and you're dealing with something that's, you know, $2,000 cow, you're dealing with a human life, you know, that could change the definition of what's considered to be negligence. But Shmuel hasn't said any of that. All he said is, you know, I don't care that you're an expert and I don't care that you weren't being paid. This is a negligent and you're liable to pay. Yeah. We have that dynamic in sort of transparencies around risk. You know, oh, you want me to chef this bull? Well, I just want you to know he's got a particularly thick neck. So the chances that I might not actually speak uh-huh. properly is a little bit higher. Right. So I just want you to know. Do you still want me to go? Right. So I'm sure if you said that, that, that would, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's a good point. Right. This operation, but you should know there's a high risk of infection. Do you still want me to do it? Right, right, right. So so sudden, that's a very good point. Right. To like wait to, to, to inform somebody of the risks and have the person assume the risks. Right. That's a very good point, which is not being sort of discussed here. Right, 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 right. That is a good point. Now, the other thing that I want to say is, as we continue this, is since you're dealing with an Arab Hamazic, why do you need to talk about the fact that he's Poshea? Who cares whether he's Poshea or not? He took my beautiful cow and he turned it into a piece of Nivea, right? So, 
think I might have to take this. This might be my son. Okay, so the question is, um, why do you need him to be Poshea? He's an Adamamazic. He destroyed this gorgeous cow and he made it a worthless piece of meat, right? He didn't make it kosher meat. That's just an Adamamazic. The mission when it says that you give it to somebody to fix your box and he breaks it, he pays, doesn't say that he has to be negligent. So why is negligence needed? So you might remember that there was a debate from many months ago, or I don't know, many months, two, three months ago, Ramban and Tosfos, whether, when the Gemara says, Adamud Olam, even in the case of Anas, whether the Gemara really meant it or not. Tosfos says the Gemara doesn't really mean it. You're not high as, as an Adam HaMazik unless there's a degree of negligence. Right? There's, a, there's a continuum. There's complete act of God on us. There's complete negligence. And then there's this case in the middle called like Gnev and Aveda, you know? Not gross negligence, but not a complete accident. Not a complete, like, you know, you know out of your control type of a thing. And Tosfos says to be high for an Adam HaMazik, you need at least a certain degree of negligence. You don't need gross negligence, but a certain degree. And one of the proofs he brings is the sugya we're in the middle of. Because the sugya we're in the middle of consistently discusses, do you consider this guy to be negligent or not? So Ram Tosa says, why do you need that? If an Adam is really mu'ad la'olam, then it shouldn't matter if he's negligent. Ramban disagrees. Um, if you might remember, the Ramban says most of the cases that Tosus brings to prove that you need negligence, like the Tosus example is, is that if you're asleep and I lie down and sleep next to you and you injure me in your sleep, you're exempt. Right? Remember that? So Tosa says, ah, you see, you do need negligence because you injured me and you're exempt. So the Ramban says most of those cases, the issue was pshia hanizak. The person who was damaged was themselves negligent. What the heck are you doing lying down to next to a guy who's asleep? Okay? But how about this case? This case, right, why does the shochet need negligence to be chayav if it really is the true that Adam would la'olam? Right? That's the question that Tosus asks. So the Ramban answers this in four words, maybe five words. With Ramban says, I don't know, we can count the words. Six or seven words. That's his whole answer to this. A, a craftsman that makes a mistake is not an Adam Hamazic. Even if he breaks the box, and even if he, you know, even if he turns this cow into a nevela, you can't classify that as an Adam Hamazic. Which basically means, you know, yes, is it true that he did an act to the object and the object was destroyed? Sure. But an Adam Hamazic fundamentally starts by the fact that I had no right to be, you know, to be doing something to your object. Right? I was sort of, you know, I was invading, you know, your body, your property, your space. Like, that's a mazik. Okay? That defines me as a mazik. And then, even if it was by accident, Zamban says, a wind picks me up and threw me down on your, uh, on your, you know, picture and it broke, you know, on your iPhone and it broke. Nevertheless, I wasn't there with permission. I, I, that I wasn't necessarily a Russia, right? A wind pushed me on it. But the fact that I was, you know, in, I was encountering your property without permission, that defines me as a mazik. And then we say, Adamud la'olam. But the fact here that you gave me the task to shecht your animal, to fix your box, even if I wind up breaking it, you can't call me a mazik, right? You can call me, like, you know, that you would sue me for, like, professional negligence, right? You know, that's what you would sue me for, for, for malpractice. But fundamentally, my relationship to you and my relationship to this object 
is not one I assume if I intentionally say great he gave me his card now I'm going to wreck it okay the intention would define me but as long as I am trying to do the task you assigned me then the Ramban says you cannot call that mazik so what are you calling it is it a shomer is it some other definition is it once you're negligent then that makes you like you do have kavana maybe that's a way of saying it until I'm not negligent then I'm just doing what you asked and even if it broke I'm not a mazik but as soon as I'm negligent then I'm acting outside of my you know of my sort of uh, mission outside of my agency and then I am a mazik the same way if I had kavana I would become a mazik okay but the Ramban says the, the base here is your relationship to me and the object is that you have the right to be doing something with this object and you're not a mazik and that's why we need pshia in, even in order to make you liable yes it sounds related to the conversation about you allow someone to come into your courtyard and then they break your pockets right so exactly you let them in there in, in your domain right exactly that thing exactly and there there's quite interesting questions right it could be once I let them into my domain not only are they not liable for things they do wrong but I assume liability for them right so yes exactly so again he doesn't spell out what the mechanism is that once your proche of the guy is chayev is he chayev of a special halacha called called malpractice of umnim we've never heard that halacha is he a shomer my guess would be that once he's proche it's like he has kavana. You could give me your cow if I take shaft. If I intentionally, you know, make it in a vela, I'm a mazik. So if I'm poshea, I'm a mazik. But as long as I'm not poshea, I'm an uman. I'm not a mazik. Yes. So that tension between mazik and poshea is—I is, understand that. But then, how do we reconcile the other more Well, that's what he says. Other more is if we categorize you as a mazik, then we say it's like which part of Shulchan Aruch do we look this up in? Right? Here, an uman broke the thing. Do we say, worry, let me get down my Shulchan Aruch and look up Hilchos Mazik or let me get down my Shulchan Aruch and look up Hilchos Umnim. Okay, if I'm going to get down my, if I see this as you are a, you are a destroyer of this person's object, you destroy the right, then, then I say, oh, then it doesn't matter whether you were negligent or not. But if I, my fundamental lens to bring to this is an Uman who made a mistake, then I don't pull down Hilchos Mazik. Okay? Why do we have to say Lola? Why can't there be some where you're saying if, someone, if a person damages something they're either a mazik or a there, there's no no because if I don't have the right to be handling it if I don't have this partial umnim if I if, if, if I if Ramban's example is a wind could come and push me down and I would break your thing and I have to pay you so you have to underscore that there was absolutely no negligence there I was a total honest and I still have to pay you that's Aramud La'olam but that's if you're in the category of mazik if you're in the category of violating this person's property not out of any fault but you don't fundamentally you're not fundamentally have a different role regarding this property Property. A similar question would be if I'm a shomer, and this is a little bit ironic, okay, but this is a discussion in Baba Metzia, which is you give me your barrels to watch, okay, of wine, and here I am, and one of the things I have to do is I have to like, you know, move them around and transport them, and there I am, or maybe I'm not watching them, I don't know, maybe you're hiring me to move them, but let's even say you're hiring me to watch it, but part of my responsibility of watching it is, you know, I move it and I have to sweep behind it, and in my process of moving it, I break it, okay? But let's say we decide that I was an honest. Okay? Am I putter because I'm a shomer who was an honest? Or am I chayev because I'm an Adam Hamazik? 
And the Ramban says, you're putter, because you were a Shomer who wasn't honest. And that's almost ironic. I was a Shomer, so I accepted responsibility for the object. But at the same time I accepted responsibility, I had a right to be handling the object. And the fact that I had a right to be handling the object puts me in a category of Shomrim. And anything that happens, I have to look up Hilchus Shomrim. Or puts me in a category of Uman. And anything that happens, I have to look up Hilchus Uman. Right? So a Mazik is when I don't have a right to be handling that object. Yes. It's very interesting that, that when you frame it that way, like I have a right to be handling this animal because I'm the woman right. or I'm the showman. Right. You didn't use the word ownership, but it comes close to the, like for that moment, for that task, in a way it's mine. And then, yeah, I wouldn't go that far right, though. Right. Yeah. Tour, in other words, what allows me to be right? I mean, I, right? right. You're not violating this person's, you know. Uh, right. That's what I think it is. I think it starts with the fact that you're not violating. You know, you could violate sometimes not due to your fault. Again, you could be put. You know, a wind could push you down, but there was a violation there that makes you a mazik. Yeah, I think it's in the Maltese Falcon. I think Peter Laurie says this isn't green. I didn't mean to stab him. I tripped him. My knife was there. There you go. Twenty-seven times. Okay, so now the Gemara says like this. All right, all right. So now the Gemara says like this. Um, okay, Eze Rav Chama. I have to keep to my promise that we're going to catch up today. That was too much fun right there. Eze, but it was so important. Tell me that out. Okay, second wide line here. Eze Rav Chama Barguya Lishmul. Rav Chama Barguya Challenge Who said that this shochet is a posheya. So if you give an animal to a shochet and it becomes an avela, he slipped, meaning it wasn't a trefa, he actually slipped somehow. Okay? If he's an uman, he's exempt, because then we assume that it was a freak thing. If he's a non-expert, I know what you're doing giving a non-expert your animal, but anyway, then we assume that it was negligence. The inosin sachar, and if you're paying the guy, bein head yo bein uman chayev, whether uman or head yo chayev. So this disagrees with Shmuel both ways. Number one, that an uman fundamentally is potter, and number two, that paying money, um, you know, is uh, makes a difference. Okay. So anyway, but you see that fundamentally, he says an uman is potter, where Shmuel says fundamentally an uman is chayev. So the Gemara says, Amalei, he said back to him, Laacher mochacha asa, homir banan. Is this uh, rabbi who's coming? to ask this question um, uh, uh, one minute one minute how do you is this that like coming to like you know cloud your mind so one minute it's like, I just got to remember how to put in the punctuation here um Oh, no, no. Also, Mir Banan comes after. I'm sorry. So, Amalei, Laacher Mochacha. You're coming to, like, cloud your mind. Like, that's a stupid question, which is not so helpful. It seems like a pretty good question. Also, Mir So, another one of the rabbis came, Kamosivle, and asked the same question from the same brighter to challenge Shmuel. Amalei, so Shmuel said to him, So now, you know, that insult I gave your friend, now you should take that insult. Okay? That's a good way of dealing with challenges. Just insult the people who ask that. Okay? Now, Kamir now we're going to see why he thinks it's a stupid question. Kamina luchu ana, Rebbe Mayer, I was dealing within a Rebbe Mayer position to say that you're negligent and you have to pay. You're telling me a bracer that follows a different approach, follows the Rabbanan's approach. Amilo Daikis Mili, why weren't you paying closer attention to my words? Shani Omer, Maziku, Poshehu, Nazik Omelo, Shkotli Mikan, Shkotli Mikan. So I was very clear what my reasoning was. Was. I said the guy's a mazik and he's a poshea. You're acting outside of your license. It's because when you make a mistake, it's like you shechted in the wrong place. So what should I have figured? What should you have figured out from my framing it that way? Man isli Svara, Rebbe Mayer. 
Rabbi Meir is the one who says that when people slip up, they're a, they're a poshea. By saying he's a poshea, and by saying that I don't, I, I treat a slip up as a poshea, you should have realized that this was a Rebbe Meir position, which Rebbe Meir will see in a minute. So it was you were being stupid for not paying attention and not figuring out that I was talking according to Rebbe Meir. So the Amar, Rebbe Meir says, you should, you, It's your responsibility to sort of uh, watch over yourself and be careful that you don't make slips. So Rebbe Meir, slips are not accidents. Accidents don't just happen. Okay? Accidents happen because you're not being careful enough and therefore anybody who slips is a poshea. That's who I'm talking about. I'm adopting Rebbe Meir. Okay, now which Rebbe Meir? So the Gemara says, Hi Rebbe Meir. Where does Rebbe Meir say this? Ilema ha Rebbe Meir, the following Rebbe Meir did not. Now we get to do a little chazar on the first half of Baba Kama. If the owner tied up the animal with a rope and it went out and it damaged this goring ox, you're liable whether it is a tam or a muad. Diva Rebbe Meir. So you see Rebbe Meir, even if you did a shmirah, you're chayav. So maybe that shows you you have a high degree of responsibility. He says, no, that's not about slipping up and that's not about your own acts. Hasan the cry plea. That's a debate of how to read the psukim. What level of shmira is good for a shu- for a shore? You know that's not related to our discussion. El ha Rebbe Meir, the following Rebbe Meir. Now we turn to the Mishnah. We're going to come up to this. Shachor tzvao edom. You gave it to the dyer to dye red, and he dyed black, black, and he dyed red. Rebbe Meir and Nosin You are considered to have been a mazik to his wool, and you have to pay him for his wool. So that seems a little relevant because they're actually you know you're, 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 you're making a mistake in your job and you're ruining the thing so the Gemara says no there with directly with your hands you've burnt it up you've destroyed it meaning what does it mean it means that it's sort of it, it seems to be there's a difference between if I'm doing a shrita and I slip or if I fundamentally it's like when you cut off you know I mean they have these terrible stories of doctors sometimes they cut off the wrong leg you know so it's like if you put the thing in the wrong dot that's not like in the process there was a little bit of a twitch, right? That was like fundamentally you did the wrong thing, okay? That's like a different story. That's be a die in Kalamine. Now Rashi says, Rashi's a little bothered with this, but he gives a different explanation. Rashi says, Shanit Rashi says, I know you told me red, but I think black would look a lot better on this world. Okay? Now that's very much limiting that case. I still think that there could be a case. That's the problem that Rashi I know, I know. So he He's throwing in Kavana. But that's I think that's a little bit too limiting. I think I think that you could make a distinction between there's a type of like a nitko, a slipping, and there's a type of really doing something else. When Shmuel says it's like I said Shechti and you shechted there, it means it should be obvious to everybody that if rather than shechting on the neck, you shechted a wrong part of the body, nobody would debate that's negligent, right? So if instead of dying it red, you dyed it black, nobody would debate that's negligent. You did a fundamentally different thing. The question here is if you slipped in the process of what you were doing when you were supposed to be doing. Yes. And the question is, is that also negligence? Is that also negligence? And do we say that a person has a responsibility to be so watching over themselves that they don't even do slips? Okay? Really so, interesting, though. Right. It's not the same thing. You can't compare. Like, I put in a personal order. I want this dyed red. You dyed blue. And you say, you know, I'm telling you, everyone's <laughs> going to love it blue. <laughs> There's a difference between that and 
shit, like it's a ritual thing, like shit, there's rules for how to say Yeah, I don't, I, maybe, but I mean, the rule, you know, whatever. I'm not sure the ritual makes the difference. I think the difference is, is like, if I say, yeah, I died at blue, but slip-ups happen, right? That's, what? What do you mean slip-ups happen? How can you, I was right there on the sheet. It said red, right? That's not a slip-up, right? If it said, yeah, you know, whatever, you know, a little bit it burns, sometimes things burn a little bit in the process, you know, again, you might still want to be reimbursed, but that's a little of a different quality, and that's what the Gemara is saying. We're talking here about slip-ups. We're not talking about fundamental changes. Okay, Ella Ha Rebbe Meir, the following Rebbe Meir. Now, we're talking about Nishra Kadavol Osaka, if your picture broke and you didn't remove it and the shards are there in the middle of the street or your camel fell and you didn't get it to stand up and then somebody came and they tripped on it and hurt themselves is that your bore did you make this bore with negligence is the fact that you have broken shards is that considered to have been an act of negligence on your part so Rabbi Meir Omer you are chayv if they do damage no you're exempt in, in human court only chayv in heavenly court the Kaimalan and we have when we worked through this whole case much earlier in the Masechet we concluded the debate is whether you consider I slipped and I tripped and I broke my pot is that an act of negligence or is that an accident? Right? That's an old question. Accidents don't just happen, right? So Rabbi Meir says, when you slip and trip, I consider that to be negligent. I consider that you have a responsibility to watch where you're going, to watch what you're doing. Now, of course, it could all make a big difference. Right? There are people who trip over their own two feet on a flat type of a surface and they're completely distracted not watching where they're going. And there's the type of thing when I'm shechting and all of a sudden like I, like I got a little twitch, right? You can't control an involuntary twitch, right? You know, there are different degrees of slip up Okay, but nevertheless, the Gemara is putting it all in the same category and saying, Shmuel says, this guy could be an expert, he could completely have known what he's doing, there's no such thing as accidents. Any slip is because you weren't being careful enough. Okay, yes? Can you say in those, that this case there was a question of uh, indirect damage, the camel or the shards on the road? Yeah, but, the, the, but there the Gemara says, the question is whether you're considered to be, have made a bore. Whether, the, you know, and if you, you can only have made a bore if the thing is considered to have fallen due to your negligence. Okay, so you're right. It's not an automamazic, but it's still a question of judging, is there such a thing as an accident? And the mayor says there are no accidents. Okay, so now, I, I mean, unless somebody else does it to you, but something that you do yourself, that's, that's always because you weren't careful enough. Alright, so now the Gemara says, okay, so that's the issue. We all agree that the Shochet needs negligence, and the question is, do we define it as negligence or not? So if an expert Shochet ruins the animal, he's uman. even if he's an expert like Shmuel, even if he's like the, the most expert Shochet in the world, like the Shochtim of Tzipori, they were expert Shochtim, I agree, like Shmuel, no such thing as an accident, even any mistake, you have to pay. Did Rabbi Yochanan really say that? There was a story that came to Rabbi Yochanan in the, uh, you know, Beit Knesset of, this, of Ma'on. So somebody came and said, my, I gave this guy my chicken and he, was, and he made it into an Avela. And, Shmu, and Rabbi Yochanan said to the Shochet, he said, go bring me proof that you have a, no, the Mamchis, like, you know, you have, you're a Mumcha. 
that you have expertise. Show me your certificate that you have. I didn't literally say certificate, you know, but that you have expertise in shechting chickens. And if you had expertise, then I'm going to assume that if something happened, it was clearly an accident. It wasn't negligence. So you see, for him, if you're an expert, you are exempt. So the Gemara says, low cost. It's not difficult. It depends if it's for free or for fee. Or so that's like another issue. We start, so there's these two different things. Number one, the more you're an expert, the more we assume it's not negligent. But now it's, but the more you're paid, then maybe we'll buy into Shmuel's idea. You know, if you're paying, then there's no accidents. Then you have to be super careful about everything. Okay, so he says, if the guy is a, um, so, so when he said, even if you're the world's best expert, you're Chayev, that's if you're being paid. Okay, but if you're doing it for free, okay, then if you're an expert, then you are exempt. Okay, yes. I would think it would be the opposite. Because because you're right. If I'm going to pay you, if I'm going to search out the, the highest expert in the land and like pay you... Right, but that's not a function of whether you pay. Meaning, where's, you're right, you could assume if you're paying, you found a good person. Right. But where's some of those can be determined separately? Right, no, I'm right. The paying part. Like right. Saying, I might think that like a lower level person should be allowed more, uh, should be allowed more negligence, Right. Well, you mean because I made the choice to give it to this irresponsible person and that should be my fault. That should be a Pia That I was wondering about. Why don't you say that if I gave it to somebody who wasn't an expert, so why do you say, look how negligent they are. They don't even know fully, they don't have full expertise and they're still shucking this animal. What happened to Pia Hanizak? What happened to the fact that I was stupid enough to give it to him? You know, so... He should have said, 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 this is beyond my level of expertise. Right, right, I agree. And I, but I was wondering exactly Exactly that question. Where is the fault of the person who gave it to you know to have agreed to give it to a person without full expertise? Um, that's a, that is a good question. Like, right. Well, if I'm giving you three hundred things of wool or more, right. thousands of men, like a person who what, a right. factory person, right? right. They give you like a ton of wool to, to dye, and right. one comes back the wrong. Right. Time. Is that like the expected? Yeah, those are really good questions, and it parallels things that Dove was saying before about let's say I te- I warn you about the risks that there are present. Right, so these things are not at all worked out in the Gemara, but they're they're they're, 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 they're essential to put on the table. Okay, so now the Gemara says like this. So, okay, so for Reb Yochanan, if you're you're an expert, you're chayev, but only if you're being paid. Okay, Kihadam or like Reb said, a rotzeshit chayev lo tabach. If you want to make the butcher chayev, if there's any mistake, okay, yaktim lo dinar. Make sure to pay him. Now the phrase yaktim lo dinar sounds pay him in advance. You know, well, I don't understand. If I agreed to pay him, does he have to get the money in advance, but maybe the point is is that if you don't pay him in advance, you could always claim, oh, I thought I was just doing it for free. Make sure it's a paid arrangement, okay, if you want to be able to be to collect if there's if there's a problem. Mayfair, I'll ask you on this. You brought wheat to be grinded to the guy who owned the mill, and the person did not like uh, you know, they like remove the husks, uh, remove the shells. Okay, that's uh Lisisa. I don't know what the English word for that is. Subin and he turns the stuff into bran or morsen or another type of coarse bread or, or, or coarse grain you brought flour to the baker and he made a bread that collapsed Right? You know, it didn't stay puffed up. It, it fell in. Or an animal to a shochet and he turned it into an avela. So all these things are, you know, 
mistakes on the per, on the from the for the person who was hand doing it. Chayav mitneishu kenosei sachar. You're chayav because it's like you're being paid. Now the fact that that like you're being paid seems to say even without being paid, right? You have because you're an expert and you're doing it professionally. You have that level of responsibility and that level of care, and it does. And it's just and it wouldn't matter whether you're being paid or not. So the problem is it says kenosei sachar. And according to Rabbi Yochanan, you're only chayav when you're being paid. So the Gemara says no. Take out the chaf. It's not you're like you're being paid. It's because you're being paid. Okay, and yes, you're only chayv if you're being paid. Okay, now another story. So a case of a magrumisa, which is a complicated case, but it's basically a case of a shechita where there was a question whether or not the shechita was valid or not. It's a whole case that's debated about the way the shechita was done, and it's debated by the in the Gemara whether or not it's a kosher shechita. So a shochet did this, and the case came to Rav. So there were two questions a, for that the owner wanted to know: A, can I eat the meat? Is it kosher or trave? And B, if it's trave, can I get my can I can I get the guy to pay me back for 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 my animal? Okay. So what did Rav do? Tarfei. He said the piece was trave. And he said, but the butcher doesn't have to pay you for it. All right. So. So Mushlume Dame to pay the money. So Pagubay Ravkahana Ravasi Bahugavas Ravkana Ravasi bumped into the sky, the owner of the cow. Amulay, Avid Bukha Rav Tarti. Ah, Rav did you he did you a double. Okay. So what does it mean double? So it sounds like he did two things bad to you. He told you you couldn't eat the meat and you can't collect for you know, you can't collect from the shochet. So my tarti, what does it mean two things? Ilema tarti ligriusa, two bad things. The bailachure. First of all, he should have told you the meat was kosher. Reb Yosef Reb Yehuda. That's the position of Reb Yosef Reb Yehuda in this type of a of a problem. Number one, rabbanan. But he did wrong by you. Number one, that he made it a trade for following the rabbanan. The enamic rabbanan. The second thing he did wrong with you is even if he was going to pass him like the rabbanan and say it was trace, the bailachiyula tabacha. He should have made the shochet pay you. So he did two things wrong to you. So the Gemara says, one minute? That can't be what they said to him. Are they permitted to make, to, to criti- criti- criticize a psak like that? We turn to Brisa. When a uh, person goes out of the deliberations of a court, one of the judges leaves the court, right, and the court came out with a ruling, and he was in the minority. So nowadays, you know, the Supreme Court, it issues a minority opinion. Okay, but, but, but the court, the based in, has to speak in a single voice. So the court wrote, ruled in a single voice. You are a minor, what, the minority opinion. You were overruled. When you leave the deliberations, lo yomar, don't go over to the litigant and say, you know, I was trying to say you were innocent. It was only everybody else that ruled you were guilty. But what could I do? They were the majority against me. You're not allowed to say that. One who goes as a talebearer and reveals secrets. Okay? Um, so, you're not allowed to go ahead and violate the confidentiality of the court, especially when the court is supposed to speak as one body. Now, there's a big problem applying that to here. What's the problem applying that to here? Who said they were part of the court? Who said they were that, that they had deliberations among themselves and this was an ruling that emerged from the body? Right? Maybe they just heard the psak and they were disagreed with the psak. Right? What does that mean? If you know, David, you go to Dover and get a psak and he says, What? 
he said that to you that's not the halacha I'm allowed to say that I'm allowed to disagree with his psaq so it sounds like the Gemara feels that they were part of the deliberations but even if they were part of the deliberations you would think that there's a difference between if it's a body of a based in that comes out with a unified ruling or if you know we're schmoozing in halacha and then you passed in some way and I was part of the conversation but I disagree with your psaq it's very strange I feel that the Gemara feels that you're ne- they were not allowed to say this unless the Gemara really imagines that this was a basin but who needs a basin to pass in a Kashrus case you know so I really don't get it you're allowed to disagree with Psakim but anyway the Gemara says they could not have been criticizing Rav like that Ella Tarzilam al no they were saying the opposite Rav did you a double good you should be happy with Rav Socks. he did two good things for you why did he do two good things for you number one he didn't make you eat this meat that according to many is trace he's saving you from that ritual Isser and number two and he didn't make you and he didn't want tell the guy to pay why would it be a Savik Zeva because you understand if the meat was kosher he wouldn't have to pay you so Rav is saying don't eat it L'Chumra it's not Varai Trace it might be Trace so don't eat it but since it might be kosher you can't make the Shochei pay you so look how good Rav is doing to you he's saving you from the Isser of Trefa and he's saving you from the Isser of Gzela okay now of course you could say that if the accepted Psak in this case is to say it's Usser even if the accepted Psak is to say it's Usser Misafek then the Shochei still made a mistake that led to a meat that couldn't be eaten you know but, but maybe not maybe since there are other people that say the meat is kosher you know and if you go to them they would say it's kosher so you can't make the shochei pay and rather sort of saying you got to play it safe in both ways okay so now the Gemara continues uh, you don't make the shochei pay because it might be kosher it might be kosher okay so now the Gemara says like this um, okay itmar now we're going to switch to a case of Natshita where there's an obvious damage to the object the object the, the food is now a piece of nevela and we're going to deal with somebody who gives you bad professional advice okay like your lawyer gives you bad professional advice but here's going to be a money changer if Ismar goes and re-quotes something it's always no it's a new thing yeah, okay. it's always a new thing yeah new yeah thing. yeah okay Gufa or uh, or Amar Mar is yeah. going back okay Itmar Amar Adina Lishukhani somebody shows a coin to a money to a money exchanger which basically is Joe here um, wants to buy my uh, my cow and he gives me some 10 gold coins but I'm not sure that these gold coins are are they authentic are they forgeries do they have the full amount of weight will other merchants accept them they're a little damaged so I go over to David and I say David here are the coins are these coins like acceptable currency and David says yeah they're fine and I accept it from Joe I sell him my cow and then I try to use the coins in a store and they get rejected can I go to David and say David you made me accept this currency which isn't good I want you to pay me back okay so I'm going to sue you. You didn't damage anything, but your bad professional advice caused me a loss. All right? So, Itmar. Hamar Adino Rishulchani. You show a coin to a money trader. Um, and it turns out that it's a non-acceptable coin when you went and then tried to spend it. Tani So we have one that says the difference again between an expert and a non-expert. An expert is exempt. Every now and then people will make mistakes. It's seen as not a negligence. But a hedyot is chayev. And another one says, no, even an uman is chayev. So this seems to be the debate before. Do we 
we assume that the mistakes that an expert makes have ne- are negligent or not have a degree of negligence okay so this is the debate whether an, everybody agrees a hadyot is chayiv the question is is an uman chayiv Amar of Papa ki tanya uman potter now when did we say an uman was exempt okay kigon danku v'isser so lo tzrichel v'nigmerkal like these two money traders danku and isser they have nothing left to learn okay they are the top of their field okay they, you cannot say to them that they should have known some more fact or had some skill that they didn't have so that's the case where I'll say because you're such an uman there's no negligence okay so the says if that's true if they were so knowledgeable then what, how did they make a mistake what was the mistake they made if it wasn't that there was some information they didn't know now they made a mistake that there was just today new coins were minted and somehow the old coins were now less valuable but somehow that word didn't get to them yet now you could say hey if that's your business and you're the experts in the field, you should be knowing before anybody else when the new coins are being minted. But whatever it is, the Gemara says that they are total experts and they just didn't have a new piece of data, which that we can understand, that's a legitimate, that's like an honest. Okay? But basically he's saying fundamentally even an uman is higher. If there's any more, you know, you know, you know, you know, anybody that is, uh, that is a hair shy of being perfect, you know, that's considered to be your fault and your higher. To who shattered enough to take sixta and it was at that moment that the Kunun coin was just minted and that's why they made the mistake okay but basically other than the world's best experts okay this is basically the Shmuel position that even an Uman is Chayev the woman she showed her Dina that somebody was paying her to Rebbe Chia and said can I accept this coin so Amalei he said yes it's a good coin you can accept it the next day she came to him and said and she said to him I showed it to the person to a, a storekeeper you know somebody I wanted to use it for, with and he told me it was a bad coin so and he wouldn't accept it from me so so Rabbi Chia said to Rav who was like his attendant or his student fine go ahead take the coin give her another one in exchange okay basically he was willing to pay for the loss okay because of a pinkasi and write in my notebook this was like it's a write off you know this was a bad deal. This was a bad business. And Rav says it was a bad business because Rav says if you, uh, Rav, Rashi says, look at Rashi bottom of the very last two lines. Like what was I doing getting involved in looking at somebody's coins? I could say, you know what, go show that to the money changer. I'm in the middle of teaching a shear here. Okay, so I thought I was doing somebody a tova and I'm now, by the way, it shows he's a head yote, right? This might be a case of a head yote and that's why he's high of, you know, the woman is still a debated issue. Okay. Oh, excuse me, I just made a mistake. He wasn't a head yard. Right, the next line of the actually says that Rebbe Chi was actually an expert. Okay, so Rebbe Chi apparently was an expert to, uh, 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 a coin trader. So if he's an expert coin trader, why is he liable? So the Gemara says, If we said top-level experts are exempt because there's nothing left for them to learn so we really do assume it's a freak case so the Gemara says Rabbi Chia apparently that was his business and he, wa- he also was an expert Rabbi Chia also didn't have anything to learn about the trade meaning not that he didn't have anything to learn about Torah he didn't have anything left to learn about the trade apparently he was a real expert in this a total top-level expert so why was he liable? so the Gemara says Rabbi Chia 
you're right. Really, look, this lady was complaining and saying it's your fault. Technically, he was exempt, but he didn't want anybody to have any tainas against him. And he, therefore, was doing it. And that's maybe why I said this is a, a write-off. It's a write-off because I really shouldn't have to pay her, but I'm gonna, I don't want her to be upset. You know, I didn't directly cause her loss, even though it wasn't my fault fine, let's just reimburse her. He went beyond the letter of the law. By the way, interesting insight. Why is the Hebrew expression of uh, beyond the letter of the law inside the letter of the law, right? You want Everybody should be operating within the law, right? It's like beyond, so why is it the opposite expression? So the idea is, is that in, um, I think this goes back also to, you know, you know uh, Greek thought as well, right? If this is you, you're... You're the human being, okay? And this is the world of the sphere of possible activities that you can be doing in the world. The law, um, you know, uh, conscripts that. Conscripts, conscribes, anyway. Anyway, the law restricts that. The law says, no, 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 you can't do, you can't be mazik. No, not, but I, no, what does it mean to, I know, first of all, there's also to like limit. Uh, Anyway, whatever, doesn't matter. Anyway, you can't be mazik, you can't be gozel, you can't cheat, you can't do whatever. The law draws a, 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 a sense around you and says these are the limit this is the limit of your acceptable activity so if you do beyond what the law is demanding you're operating lifnim mishur hadin right so you're operating you know if you think about so you understand so, I mean because normally we think about acting in a pa, in like a, an active way rather than like a, an asse versus a lotase but the idea here is you know you're not you're you this is the extent of permission the law gives you. The law gives you the permission to give this ruling and not have to pay. But you're, you know, you're further, you know, you know, constricting your your sphere of activity. So that's the phrase "lifnim shorsadin." Okay. Anyway, so he acted "lifnim shorsadin who david kidatani Rev Yosef, like Rev Yosef taught. Vodata lahem So you know, this is by the whole. This is so amazing, right? Here it is, Yitro giving advice to Moshe before Matan Torah I mean you got to just think for a moment about the like audacity of that whole thing God is about to give you know the direct divine revelation from heaven and here beforehand you know Yitro is a this non-Jew is telling Moshe about how to sort of uh, arrange his whole court system and not only that but Chazal read into Yitro's advice that Yitro is sort of telling Moshe that it's not all about the law there are parts of human responsibility that are not defined totally by halacha. Okay? Uh, so, you should tell them, this is their, 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 their house of life. What does that mean? Rashi says it means, Rashi says, Talmud Torah. Otherwise, Rashi says it means no. That it means a responsibility that people have to learn a trade, which fits in also well here. Okay? So, it's, you know, you have to teach a trade. You should inform them the path. It's not just your legal responsibilities. You have to do acts of kindness beyond your legal responsibilities. Yelchu, that they should walk. Zubikacholim, visiting the sick. Marsha says, isn't that a type of Gemilus Chasadim? So, fine, but whatever. Ba, the passage go in it. Zekvura, even a type of a, you know, what the Gemara calls Chesed Shel Emet. Something that there's no, you know, no hope for getting compensated for, right? You know, or getting any, any type of, you know, not just compensated, you know, any reciprocity for, you know, burying a dead body. Etamaase, the act, 
Zehadin. Obviously, they have to do the law. But Asher Yasun, that they should do Zulifnim Yishor Hadin. Don't just do the law, go beyond, or within the letter of the law, go beyond the letter of the law, and act presumably understood to be the spirit of the law, even if not what the law strictly demands. So, yes, he did not have to reimburse, but he wanted to do the right thing. Now, by the way, Tosfos has a great question. Tosfos says, that another Gemara has a case I mentioned before about, about workers that trip and they break something etc so there's a Gemara in Baba Metziah that had a case of workers that tripped and they broke something and they were liable to pay and the ra- uh, whoever it was the rabbi didn't want to pay them Rabbi Barafuna so he basically he took their clothes or he took their, 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 their coats and he was holding on to it until they would reimburse him for his wine and the, uh, the whoever it was he went to Tepask and says no they're actually exempt so he said is that the halacha? He says, so he said, no, it's not the halacha, but he says, he says, Laman tovim. You should do the right thing, even if it's not the halacha. And then the worker said, we're starving, we worked the whole day. So he says, pay them. He says, that's the halacha? He says, no, you know, he says, orcha sadikin tishmur. Do the right thing. So Tosa says, why didn't it say lishnim yishur sadin? So this is a very interesting question. When is it a complete act of chesed? And when is it the, like the spirit of the law, but not the letter of the law? So one thing that Tosa suggests is that, um, that here you were getting, basically taking an exemption that would not normally apply. Most people would have to reimburse. Because you were an expert, you wouldn't. So you know what? You're entitled to the exemption. Legally, you're entitled to the exemption. But do the right thing. Don't claim the exemption. Okay, so that's a way of saying, like, that's a lifni mishosadin. That's a different than saying, like, do an act of tzedakah, an act of chesed, etc. You're entitled to it, but don't claim it. Okay, it tells us other ways of distinguishing, but it raises the interesting question of when is it sort of this moral mandate of the spirit of the law, and when is it something that's beyond, you know, above and beyond. All right, so now the Gemara continues. Reish Lakish, Ahri Leidin Rele Rebbe Elazar. Reish Lakish, Shodadina Trebelazar. Amar, by the way, you can understand why the rabbis like doing this business of money trading, right? You spend most of your time sitting and learning, and every now and then somebody comes to you with Joseph something, okay? I don't know how much, whether you got a fee for that. I don't exactly understand how the, uh, you know, the business side of that. Anyway, okay, Ahri Leidin Rele Rebbe Elazar. Amar Mal Yehiu, it's good. Amar Lei Chazi, note, the Alecha Kasamichta. I am relying on you. Okay? If something goes wrong, I'm going to come back and ask you to compensate me. I'm away. So he said back to him, Kisan Kasalai Maila Memra. Oh, it's nice to know you're relying on me, but what do you think you're going to get out of that? You think you want me to pay you if something goes wrong? You think that if it's a bad coin, I'm going to have to exchange it for you because you're saying that you're relying on me? Now we get to question. Until now, we've been dealing with the negligence of the, of the Uman, but what we haven't been dealing with is that there's nothing damaged here. It's one thing if I'm negligent and I break your box, or I'm negligent and I turn your behemoth into Nevela. I didn't damage anything. What are you going to make me pay for? Indirectly, I caused you a loss. My bad advice got you to accept this and indirectly co- nothing was damaged. I'm not right. So what is that? That's grumma. Okay, fine. I was negligent. I caused you a loss. Go make me collect. Go, you know, go make me pay. That's grumma. So he says, one minute. 
You want me to pay? You're the one who says that the only reason you pay by this case of the coin and the bad professional advice is according to Rebbe Mayer, who's Don Dina de Garmi. Okay, Rebbe Mayer, who makes people pay in certain cases of grammar. Okay, so that's why you would have to pay. You know, you can understand that, right? It's the difference between bad legal advice and, you know, the uh, auto mechanic or the, who ruins the car or the uh, doctor who kills the patient, you know? The, but, but yes, but bad business advice is a grammar. It's not a direct act of mazik. So you say that that's fo- the idea that you would have to pay for that follows Rebbe Mayer, the Don Dina de Garmi. My love, Rebbe Mayer, the Los shouldn't I infer from that that that's only a Rebbe Mayer position and that's not our psak? Our psak is you don't have to pay that. I'm going to lay low, Rebbe Mayer, the Sphere No, it is Rebbe Mayer, but that is how we paskin. We do paskin Dino de Garmi. So this is important, right? If you remember just two or three days ago, Rabbi had all these crazy cases about flattening a coin, etc. And finally, the Gemara pushed back and said, according to Rebbe Mayer, you'd have to pay, at least for some of those. And here, too, comes Rebbe Mayer to close a gap. There are cases of grumma you mean exempt, but there are cases where there's real fault and liability, and, you know, and we exactly to figure out what's Garmi and what's grumma is major, major discussions in the Rishonim. But nevertheless, this comes to, to close the gap. And it is Rebbe Mayer, and you do pay if you are negligent, and we talk in this way. Now the Gemara says, Hi, Rebbe Mayer. Which Rebbe Mayer is it? Before we tried trying to figure out, you know, Rebbe Mayer is really like, tough going. You slip, it's negligence. I don't care you're an expert. Any slip, not an accident. Number two, I don't care if it's grumma. If you're enough to blame, it's Garmi, you pay. Okay, Rebbe Mayer really, you know, is, uh, has a consistent position here of making sure that people get compensated for their losses. Okay, so hi, Rebbe Mayer. Which Rebbe Mayer? Elema Rebbe Mayer, Ditnan, the following Rebbe Mayer. Dan is a din. Zika Sachayev, Chiyavis Azakai, Tima Satar, Tiro Satame, Masha'asa Asa Yishalami Beto. So you're a, a posek, and you basically said, you know, this guy who really owed $100, you said he was exempt. Or the guy who was, who was exempt, you said he had to pay the $100. Or grain that was Tame, you said was Tar. Tar, you said was Tame. Okay, now, the point is, a lot of those cases, you could say, just reverse it once you find out you made a mistake. But there are cases that then aren't reversible. You mixed the grain that was believed to be Tar with other Tar grain. Now you find out it's Tame, all the Tar grain you mixed it with is now Tame. Okay? The guy you said was Chayev paid the money, and uh, the other guy who took the money is nowhere to be found to give the money back, you know? So you, you basically made a Psak, it caused a law, it can't be reversed okay this is like legal malpractice I'm not legal as the lawyer legal as the judge judicial malpractice I guess okay so can you get your money back now that the guy admits that he made a wrong psak okay so the halacha is masha'asa asui the psak cannot be reversed okay so you're showing me beso and you have to pay if you gave the wrong psak okay now there you should say if anything first of all it's complete grumma right because I didn't like I didn't do anything to think like if you went ahead and paid the guy I didn't take the money out of your hand and pay the guy it's grumma not only is it grumma but like you know we talk about an idea of an expert and you know being exempt as an expert and so on you would hope that anybody who's a dying would be an expert not necessarily though you know we say that he, you know you could even uh, you know there's a lot of things that even a head judge could die for you know there's also like it's a, the whole joke about what do you call the doctor who graduated you know 
the guy graduated bottom of his med- class in medical school. Doctor, right? <laughs> so not everybody is an expert who's in the field. Anyway, so here you're paying. Okay, so is, this seems to be Stam Mishnah's Rebbe Mayor. So maybe this is the Rebbe Mayor of Dina de Garmi. It's only indirect and you're paying. Here it is, Dina de Garmi. So the Gemara says, no, I'm a Rebbe Law, I'm a Rav, who should not over nothing beyond. It's not you gave a psak and the guy went and he paid the other guy. You gave a psak and you went and you took the money out of Reuven's pocket and handed it to Shimon to show how definite you are about your psak. Okay, it's like, what are, you know, it's very interesting. Like sometimes because people are like uncertain, they overcompensate, you know. So you wanted to show how certain you were about your psak. You ripped the money from his hand, you gave it to his hand, so you're a mazik be a dying now. It's not a grum. It's not a grumma. Okay. El Rebbe Mayor. So you can't prove it from that case. Fine. Let's try this case. Tidnan, another mission. Stam missions Rebbe Mayor. Mitzvolo Edom Mitzvo Shachor. Shachor Tzvo Edom. You did the wrong, you know, dying. Rebbe Mayor, no sin loads made tomorrow. You pay him. So you see, so, ah, look, you caused the loss and you're paying. So there's an obvious answer. Hazem Kavid be a dying. What are you talking about? That isn't grumma. That's direct. So Tosh says, what was the Havamina? So Tosh says, the Havamina is, it took a few minutes after you put it in the pot for it to absorb the dye. So maybe you see that as a little bit of indirect. But nevertheless, the Gemara is rejecting that. The Gemara says, no, that's direct. Okay, El Ahar Rebbe Meir, the following Rebbe Meir. Getnan. You go ahead and you take your vine and you have it hang over your friend's wheat and you're going to make kilayim. Okay? Hareze kidesh. It's the word is it's kidesh, but it doesn't mean holy. It means you made it into kilayim. The chayim, and you have to pay your friend for now making his wheat not kosher. So you see there also that's a grama. So it's not a grama. Hasam You're doing it directly. So it again says what was a havamina? So here was a havamina. The havamina is it doesn't become kilayim at the second you do it. Only after they grow together for a little while. So the growing happens afterwards. But the says give me a break. That is not the same degree of grumma as giving somebody advice and them acting on your advice. You know, that is you did a direct act and this naturally then, then emerged from your direct act. Okay, you cannot prove Rebbe Mayer from that case. Elaha Rebbe Mayer, the following Rebbe Mayer, the Tanya. another Kilayan case. You have a wall uh, that's between a vineyard and a wheat field. Even if they're right next to each other, if there's a, a, a separator there, it's not Kilayan. Now the wall fell down. Now it is Kilayim. Omer lo gidor, you say to him, build up the wall. He builds it up again. Nifritza, fell down again. Omer lo gidor, you say, build it up again. Nisayish menavlo gadra, and the guy says, forget it. I'm not going to keep on rebuilding this wall. Okay, now, as long as he is trying to prevent it from being Kilayim and build the wall, it doesn't become Kilayim even if they're growing together. Okay, Tosas discusses why, but basically because the Torah says, karmachalotizra Kilayim. It has to be like you're planting it, like you will it. As long as you're trying to prevent it, it's not. But as soon as you've said, forget it, I'm not going to bother, and then they continue to grow together, it's kilayim. So how did it become kilayim here? Not by an action you did, but by an inaction. And the halacha is, it is kilayim, and you have to pay. You have to pay the other guy for ruining his wheat. So there's an interesting question. Why is it the, your, fault, your responsibility, not the other guy's? But that's not our issue. The point is, you were completely passive. It became 
the wheat became ruined due to your passivity, passive inaction, and nevertheless, because you're to blame, you have to pay. So it's a Mishnah, we assume it's Rebbe Meir, and this is the principle that Rebbe Meir does Dini de Garmi, and we Paskin like that, and that closes the gap for things like flattening the coins that we talked about a while ago, or hitting the guy's hand and it's flying into the ocean, and it closes the gap for giving, for, it opens up a whole, you know, a whole field of legal malpractice. You know, it clo- you know you're now, you, you are now liable if you gave bad professional advice. And as I mentioned before, the Rishonim have long discussions. Interestingly, all of these huge Tosasim are not discussing the parameters of Garmi. They're discussing other, rela- uh, you know, sort of tangential issues. But the key issue of Argamar, what exactly defines Grama versus Garmi, what's the line between the two of them, right, that's like major, major discussions in the Rishonim because the Gemara never really fully and clarifies. Grama and Garmi are two different terms? Grama you're exempt from. Right. Rabbi Meir is not Machai of all Grama. Right. He's Machai of certain types of Gramas which are high degree of causation, high degree of... Well, exactly what are the parameters, it's not clear. Right. But let's just make it a little tautologist statement. Grummas that you should be paying for, those are Garmi. Okay? Maybe, yeah. Some say the Yud makes it mean that you're more... Yeah, some question what the Yud is meant to mean there. Yeah. Yes, okay? All right. Also, could you explain dramatically what 